Today on Cutting Oranges, I'm speaking with women's footy legend and future Hall of Famer, Asta O'Connor. Asta has had a long and decorated career on the field and Offit played a pivotal role in progressing elite pathways for girls. She officially hung up her boots on the weekend after experiencing footy life as a dog, a cat, a cobra and a falcon. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Asher O'Connor, welcome to Cutting Oranges. Thank you for being here. Hey, Darcy. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm yeah. feeling great. I'm really looking forward to this chat. Um, I know it's been a really big week for you um, personally, so I hope that we can uh, take a deep dive into your decorated <laughs> career. Oh, mate, don't tell Fibs. I was uh, a late caller. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tell the listeners you've, the truth. No, you've been on my list since the beginning. <laughs> okay, thanks, But mate. we did have thanks for someone. Me on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're here now. Here now, yeah. So we're going to start at the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself growing up and uh, mm-hmm. what your parents do? Yeah, um, so I'm from Queensland. I uh, grew up on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, born in the 80s. It's a long time ago now, Whoa. isn't it? Yeah. That's ages. Um, and growing up, yeah, footy really wasn't that big in Queensland. Um, but I knew I enjoyed sport, sort of being competitive, active, being outside. Um, and some neighbours moved in across the road and they were from Victoria, which was a foreign land to me. I didn't know what that meant. But they had this, like, Sharon, like a footy. I thought, oh, that, that's okay. And we used to kick in the street a bit and um, you could say I was pretty boisterous uh, and really enjoyed, um, you know, having a kick and a laugh. And then our parents thought, because they were good friends, and they thought, oh, we should maybe start a footy team for the kids, mm. uh, footy club. So the North Shore Jets came about in the area we, we grew up in and, uh, yeah, started there in under 10s. Yeah, so you joined the footy club or did you... Well, our folks sort of started, started the club in our local area, um, which, yeah, you wow. know, we, we had two teams, I think, at the time, under 10s and under 12s. But um, I didn't mind it. meant I got to play organised sport on the weekend and, um, you know, my folks were involved and I think our first game was at Keith Royal Park. You can Google map that. Mm-hmm. Right near the airport, hence the, the jets. And um, there was no, like footy sticks there's no goalposts um and one of the dads was a plumber so they got out the old pvc pipe on the star pickets and oh, made wow. like footy <laughs> goalposts for us so we're inventive up in queensland yeah yeah that's amazing i didn't realize that your family actually started the club there yeah they were part of a couple of families that yeah got everyone together so yeah, yeah. and was that um mixed footy at the at that time no not at that point in time they they have girls teams now mm-hmm. which is really nice to think yeah. Um, but at the time, no, I was one of the only girls um, to play with the boys. There was a few other girls running around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny to us. Like, it didn't really feel that different. I didn't feel like the only girl mm. or that I was different. Um, there were a couple of things. So, like, logistically, I would get to get changed first before the boys got mm. there um, or, you know, little things like that. But it never felt weird. I didn't feel different. It just felt like part of a team. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. And did you play any other sort of sport growing up? Uh, not well, no. Nah. My, my friends, <laughs> you, um, would agree that I'm not that coordinated at any other sport. I'm pretty bad at cricket. I'm very bad at basketball. 
Um, and These are all round ball sports though. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I speaking to Meg about this the other, I reckon I'd be really good at tennis. But I never I never got to have a go at tennis. Um, but maybe now. Yeah, that's yeah. it. She does laugh that you need footwork, which I don't I don't actually have. But anyway. Um so no, I didn't really play any other sport, maybe a little bit of soccer. Um, I did gymnastics but got kicked out because I was too disruptive to the other kids at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so footy, footy was definitely for me. That's, yeah. yeah, I found where I was meant to be for sure. Yeah. And did, so did you play all the way up until women's footy? Yeah, pretty well. So I played through to 16s, um, but there always was a conversation happening in the background that it'd be a time where I'd have to stop. Mm-hmm. The boys would get too big, it'd get too rough. Um but, you know, I am really grateful that my folks were, you know, they, were, they, they didn't care about that. It wasn't like my safety or the fact that I was a girl meant that I was in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, playing football, playing sport, it was just, it was normal to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty lucky. My mum's, um, you know, she's, <laughs> she doesn't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that she probably endured a little bit of, um, I wouldn't call it backlash, but just questions from other families, different parents, because um, at the time it, it really wasn't, you know, what people did. Mm. Girls didn't play footy. Yeah, she just wanted to see you happy and playing what you loved. Yeah, um, and I remember I was accepted into one of the rep teams at the time and I think it was like under 12 schoolboys, mm-hmm. hilarious, um, and they sent home a letter to mum and it's like, congratulations to your son, Asta and she had to sign as my guardian and I still distinctly remember mum crossing out son and mm-hmm. writing daughter and you know I think I was only 11 or 12 at the time but it was really um it was really apparent to me that mum wanted you know what was best um for me and and mm-hmm. equality is something that she believes in mm. and I feel like that's something she's definitely instilled in you and something I see yeah that you carry with yeah. you which is well, my sister and I call mum we, we call her the vixen so she's a good woman um, yeah but, yeah, I mean, she worked in a male-dominated industry herself, in the motor industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she was probably a, a role model I looked up to and, yeah, yeah, I've learned a lot from her. Yeah, bit of a trailblazer in her own right. Oh, she would tell you so, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and did you grow up working in a fish and chip store, is that right? Yeah, so mum, um, as as we sort of went into high school, it was apparent, because mum was a single parent mm-hmm. um, and she sort of thought, okay, well, I'll buy my own business and I can be you know, around for the kids more, that sort of thing, um, in our local area. So we do joke that mum's a mayor of the town, mm-hmm. um, unofficially. But, yeah, so it was really good having the Laughing Lobster. Um, wow, I didn't know yeah. it was called that. Yep, what a what a great, uh, great fishing trip. Mum doesn't have any more. She's since retired. But mm-hmm. the family had that for oh, 15, 20 years. But it was really good for footy because it meant I could sort of do my shifts around training. Mm. So... Yeah, it was nice to have a boss that would... <laughs> yeah, workplace flexibility. Yeah, it was great. It's important. Yeah. So, I mean, my sister and I did a lot of the work. Mum did a lot of telling. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can work for your parents, you can just about cut it anywhere, I reckon. Yeah. So. Does that mean you just got free fish and chips? Yeah, it wasn't day, great for the skin day. folds, Yeah. Um, I must admit. But, yeah, no. It was it was nice sort of working together as a family. I don't know. Did you Have you ever worked on the farm with your dad? No, I'm not really. I say I'm I'm a farm. Well, I grew up on a farm, but mm-hmm. I'm not a farm girl. Right. Yeah. Those hands don't get dirty, do they? No, no, no calluses or anything. They're quite nah. soft. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't mind it. So take me through. Um, I guess you moved. You moved to Melbourne when you were 
No, wait, you moved to Brisbane first when yeah. you were 18 to pursue yeah. footy, is that right? Yeah, most young people that grow up on the coast, you sort of, you move to Brisbane, that's, you move to the city. Um, and I really enjoyed living in Brisbane. Mm. I sort of came to realise um, at a young age that I was different to my friends and I didn't know that I was gay, but I knew I was different. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have any gay role models or I didn't know any gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my friends at school would be like, oh, that boy's so hot and I'm going to get married and what's my wedding dress going to be like? And that did not interest me at all, that conversation. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So I knew I was different. But when I sort of moved to Brisbane, it was really nice. It, it sort of opened that world up to me. And, um, you know, I met other people with similar interests and mm-hmm. um, similar thoughts to me. And I thought, okay, like, yeah, this is who I am. It was really, really nice time in my life um, to work work through that and work that out and I'm grateful for the people I met um you know I couldn't imagine well and I'm sure it happens now people just you know you say it all the time you can't be what you can't see so uh, moving to Brizzy was was good on that front personally but also Mm. for my footy as well um you know just getting to play senior football week in week out um yeah it was was good but then I thought okay um if I'm gonna get better and if I'm gonna sort of you know, see how far I can go, I've probably got to get down to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember moving here in 2010 and I had two hoodies. <laughs> Puma hoodies they were actually, yeah, with like Shout the out. cat on the back, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool and I thought if I get cold, I'll just put the other one on. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, my gosh. Bad call by me. Yeah. I didn't own a scarf or raincoat or a puffer, no none gloves. of that. No puffer. No puffer, yeah. So Sin. Wowie. I was, I was, yeah, I was pretty fresh for that first winter. And, and what did it feel like, um, I guess, being part of the footy scene in Victoria? Mm. Was it quite different to, to what you'd experienced in Brisbane? Yeah, it was. Um, I recall sort of going to my first Darabin training and I was running around doing a lap. I was so nervous. I was so scared. Mm. I like, you know, I sort of kept my head down and one of the older players, so I'd played against Victoria at mm. national, so I knew all these players, and they were my heroes. And I was like, "Oh, there's this person, oh, there's Sarah Hammond. Oh my gosh, like she's tough. Like you know, can't believe I'm on her team." Mm. And then one of the um, captains at the time, Macca and McElroy, is like, "Hey, Phoebe, what are you doing here?" And I thought I, I didn't know who she was referring to, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh no, like I'm Aston." I was a bit devastated that she didn't, like she you know, because I'd played against her and yeah, I, I thought she her. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I'm Asta. And she, they thought I was Phoebe McWilliams from the Sharks, from St Kilda. Yeah, you um, get that a little bit. Yeah, oh, well, we did then. Yeah, I think we've aged differently. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've aged better than Phoebe's. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that was um, my introduction to the Falks. So, yeah. Mm. And I, I remember, I know when I joined the Falks, um, you've always been a very professional operator. I remember, um, you know, you would do recovery you would always do your running. You, I remember you'd go to the gym and I, I thought at the time, I thought only people who want to go to stereo use the gym. <laughs> like what will gym bring yeah. to my life as yeah. a footballer? Um, so what sort of gave you that drive, I guess, so early on when AFLW is not – it's not even a 
a fort yeah. at that point um, to have that pr- level of professionalism. Yeah, well, it sort of all kicked off, I reckon. So when I left school, I, d- I knew I didn't want to go to uni, uh, but I wanted to be involved in sport or football. So I did an AFL sports ready traineeship with the Brisbane mm-hmm. Lions. Mm-hmm. And at the time I thought, well, this will be as close as I get to, you know, I can't play AFL because I'm a girl, mm-hmm. but I can be involved in an AFL club. And so I went and worked at the Lions and it meant that I used to go in at 6am before the boys had come in and I'd like go down into the gym and I'd sort of underneath the Gabba and I'd like, I'd look at their programs and try to do what they would do. And, um, you know, I, I had a mentor, Max Kennedy or Matthew Kennedy, Maxie Kennedy, and he taught me the importance of like strength and lifting and, you know, Mm -hmm. conditioning and, um, and I'm really grateful for people like, like him who invested and, and taught me that. It didn't matter to him that I was a girl. He just saw me as a young footballer that was trying to improve. Um, but, you know, I still recall guys like Justin Leppage helping me with my bench press or Luke Power, um, Nigel Lappin showing me how to do a calf raise. Um, and, and these guys, you know, at the time, again, it would have been pretty different that a girl was in their gym. Mm. Um, but they were really open and kind and, and willing to share their knowledge. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And do you think these, these sort of moments have shaped... Um, I guess, what you saw going forward and, and the opportunities you thought women should be having? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, you know, I still recall, though, like coming to Darabin and a few girls, um, you know, there's thick banter at footy clubs and mm-hmm. I'd have a protein shake after training mm-hmm. and a couple of girls like, oh, you're not in the AFL, mate, like <laughs> getting stuck into me. But that was okay. I didn't mind um, because I, you know, I knew that I wanted to see you know, could I get better? Mm. Um, you know, how strong can I get? How fast can I run um, back when my body was able? So I really enjoyed that. I think I even recall having a conversation with you at one point <laughs> over a pre-season. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. We hadn't seen you much. You'd been a bit busy. Well, in my defence, during summer, I'd go and work at the tennis. And, oh. you know, it's a, it's a hard day's work and you yeah. can't just go and do your footy training after that because you oh, what a crazy the... thought you could work all day <laughs> and then go to training who would have thought know. so yeah. I would I would skip the large chunk of pre-season mm. that was happening and just slide back in when match sim was <laughs> was happening <laughs> yeah no um but it's funny I often reflect on those conversations that you and I had because I was pretty intense pretty mm. full-on trainer pretty serious you know probably at times to my own detriment like I you know i I didn't really let myself enjoy it. Um, Mm. It was all about like getting better, improving. um, And I wouldn't have been an awesome person to be around, I don't think. I wasn't very fun and you taught me to just chill out a bit, relax. There's more to life than (laughs) footy, um, which were really good lessons for me. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I guess that probably, you know, that's footy, isn't it? You you meet different characters and they they teach you different things. Mm. So... Yeah, I I think that is a very harsh assessment of yourself. <laughs> I think you definitely um, were on another level in terms of professionalism and, and wanting to actually treat yourself like an athlete, whereas mm. someone like me, I was just walking into the club being like, oh, I'm just here to play a bit of footy. I'm just and this kid with huge bucket hands. To enjoy the, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to enjoy, I guess, the social side of things. So, yeah. But I think without that balance, um, you know, we don't progress as a league and and move towards where we want to get to and I'm lucky like I ran into like at the perfect time in my career I sort of collided with Mm. players like Lauren Arnell, Daze Pearce, Mel Hickey um, 
you know, and they were of a similar like thought to me, like, you know, how, like, let's get to training, let's get better, let's push each other. And that was just the culture at Darabin. Mm. Um, we didn't really talk about winning. Mm. We just, you know, it was this sort of core group of people with a, a common goal to to keep pushing and get better and just see, yeah, see how hard we could go. It was good fun. Yeah, yeah. very, very much process-driven, just talking about how to get things done, not what yeah. you wanted the result to be because yeah. you know that you have to do all those <laughs> things first. Yeah, and if you think about the conditions that we trained in, like we had no lights. Like, do you recall the lights mm. at AH Cap? No yes. good. Yeah, no good. Just um, a street light. Yeah, pretty well. <laughs> um, and you know our footies were no good. They were old, and like I get to AFLW training now, and there's drinks like put out on the bench for you: hydrolyte, cold water, room temperature water, um, like these electrolytes. I'm just like, wow, all these drinks. Other folks, you sort of someone's like, oh, did anyone bring the water bottles? Mm. And we had to run to someone's car. There's a bit in there from the weekend, a stale water, like a bit yeah. of mud. Like, oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I'll quickly fill them up, and then yeah, and then you get a drink. So, a bit humble compared to what we get these days. Yeah, it's very the things have definitely changed quite a lot. Mm. Um, but in that time uh, before AFLW, like you've had a massive career before AFLW has even began. So. I'll, I'll run through a few of your accolades because um, I know you, that's what you would like. I love this. <laughs> so when you moved to Brisbane at 18, um, you played for the Logan Cobras. Cobras, yeah. Cobras. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and you got four premierships, five Queensland state reps and three All-Australian honours. So that's before you even stepped foot yeah. on Victorian soil. And then once you get to Victoria... Uh, you play in a further four premierships with the Darabin Falcons. Wikipedia didn't say how many state <laughs> reps you got, um, but you've had a massive career up until that point. Did you ever think while all this was happening that AFLW was coming? Like, did um, Not really. Not, mm. not seriously. Mm. Um, like I said, like I was pretty focused in the moment and um, – but I do recall in 2009 we had nationals in Perth mm-hmm. um, and I was in my early 20s and the AFL called and said, um, oh, we're, we're going to fly one player over for a, like a photo shoot before the champs. And I was like, oh, I'm going to need to get a day off work then. Mm. Um, and I was really young and – but I just thought, wow, like maybe they are taking it seriously. So we had this photo shoot on Subiaco Oval and the night before – Jan Cooper, so we're in a hotel and, and Jan came over and she took us out for dinner and I thought she was, I, like, you know, she was sort of head of women's footy at the time and I was like, oh, they're, like, they're taking us seriously. Like, this person's taking us out for dinner on the AFL. Like, mm. this is a huge deal. Um, and there was one player from each state and sort of – but Jan took the time to sit, talk with us, chat, ask us what we thought, where, what do we – you know, what do we need, how do we improve, all that kind of thing and mm. – yeah, she had a huge impact just in that simple act, kind act of taking us out for dinner. Mm. I was like, yeah, they're, they're taking us seriously. Mm. Um, so it's probably from that point onwards that I thought, okay, well, yeah, this, this could grow and progress and it could be more than just, you know, weekend community football. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward four years from then mm. and there's the first exhibition game between the Bulldogs and the Ds, which yeah. you got to be part of. Yeah, you what, didn't though, mate. I know. What happened? I, did, <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I didn't want to bring this up, but 
I got to um, go there. Yeah, I just didn't get my uh, my draft nomination form mm. to Jan yeah. in time. Time management, it's a skill. It's, isn't a, it? it's a real skill. Yeah. I remember. Um, You've seeing, improved since, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing the post the poster about this exhibition game, and I didn't. I think this sort of represents what I thought it was. I didn't think it was a big deal. And mm. I remember you had to nominate um, and the day of the draft came around and I hadn't heard and I remember emailing Jan and saying, hey, Jan, like, <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Like, yeah. am I – is my name, like, she would not in have this thing? either. No, nah, she was like, nah, mate, don't have your paper. Yeah. Um, come along anyway to watch <laughs> your friends get drafted. And so I did. Yeah, and you're good like that. <laughs> um, but what was that moment like being drafted to the Bulldogs? Yeah, it was special. Um, it came off the back of a week up in Cairns at Nationals um, and, you know, some of the other names that were read out on the night, you sort of think, wow, like I'm in the room with these girls, mm. like these are some serious footballers. Yeah, um, and you were, you were picked number four, is that right? Yeah. 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 Pete Zell took Steph Chochi over me, pick two. Come on, Pete. Flat. Oh, Chochi had a good national. <laughs> Shout out year. to Chochi. Yeah. She's a great player. Beautiful kick. She's a bit quicker than me across yeah, the ground. Yeah, she definitely, she's got you covered. Yeah. Um, but no, she, that's that, just that a Darabin Dymo. That's a Darabin yeah. Dymo dig yeah, up the creek. Chochi, you will know. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was quite interesting. We sort of we landed at Witten Oval, mm-hmm. um, and we're there for sort of two or three days for training, and got given all the kit and had like a football bag with a bulldog on it, and I was like, mm. okay, like this is serious. Um, Sue Alberti came, and we met her, and sort of all these things were happening. Um, but it's happening around you. I just wanted to play, yeah. to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an opportunity to play on the MCG. That's pretty special. Like that's, you know, the heartland of footy and um, where people, you know, so many great games have happened there before. Um, I was a bit worried about playing against Days because mm-hmm. she's, she's a really good player and Chelsea Randall was on the Melbourne team as well. And for anyone that's played against Randall knows that, yeah, you don't sleep well the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually cleaned me up on centre wing. Um, bloody dog. Um, no, it was fair. It was a fair hit, to be honest, to Randall. She's but, a very uh, fair player. She's a fair player. She comes out of nowhere, though, doesn't she? Yeah. She just gets you. She just catapults herself. Yeah. Um, but, no, it was it was really good fun. We didn't win. Pete was pretty flat on that. Pete, mm. Pete coaches to win, mm-hmm. and we didn't. So, um, But I remember my forearm accidentally, I sort of was going back in the goal square, like defending, and I sort mm-hmm. of went to punch the footy, and I got – um, Lutkin's like, mm-hmm. flush on the nose. Mm-hmm. She sort of came across. Like, was, anyway, Jazz Garner slipped out the back goal. So yep. we took each other out. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I've got to check on Lutkin's nose, actually. Yeah. Come back together, okay. I feel like she reads the play pretty well, so yeah. she must <sighs> she must be going yeah. all right. Yeah, taught her early, yeah. And let's delve into that a little bit because mm. what sort of player would you describe yourself as? Because I mm-hmm. think playing alongside you – Booming kick, mm-hmm. um, very physical on the field. I think anyone who's <laughs> played with you or come up against you would say you're very physical. What sort of – how would you describe yourself as a player? Uh, you know, I always wanted to be a left footer mm-hmm. and I'm not. Yeah. And um, so that's always been a bit of a, a blight on my, my footy. But, no, in all honesty, um, I wouldn't suggest I'm overly talented by work. I've always worked hard mm-hmm. um, and I've understood my role and that's to be – physical, try to impose, try to sort of, um, you know, that's in the ruck, that's sort of your job, mm. um, protect the others around you. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I 
I mean, early days, I didn't, I didn't really understand footy. I've learnt that along the way. But as I've gotten older, I've been able to use my smarts probably mm. as well. Like I'm not a great athlete, mm. um, not a good runner. Um, I'm not that naturally sort of gifted. So I've had to, yeah, use other parts of, of my footy knowledge to, to sort of get me through, yeah. Mm. And I find the ruck roll, it's so interesting. Like there's only, oh, well, sometimes, you know, there's two rucks, but mm. there's a main ruck. And you really set the tone of every game. Like, yeah, how, yeah talk me through, I guess, the I mindset of a ruck. I love that part of the role. Mm. Like, you basically look across the line at the opposition and you're like, it's you and me and I'm going to charge as hard as I can headfirst into you. I really love that thought. Mm. Um, I'm going to miss that. Mm. Um, it does take a toll on your body, but there's something about it. It's sort of, um, it's raw and hard and, you know, there's an honesty to it almost. Mm. Um, but I had some great opponents growing up that taught me a lot as well and, and teammates like Anna Schwager mm-hmm. at the Falks, um, you know, sort of I did my apprenticeship under her, you could say, Lou Watton, Watto. Mm-hmm. Um, gee, she used to bash me up when I was little. She used to bash me around. <laughs> but um, it sort of made me want to, you know, improve and keep mm-hmm. working on my craft and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest that I'll be an overly popular opponent. Um, but I think when we come off the ground, um, hopefully people know that I'm a decent human and, mm. you know, football, um, it's a game. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think people would have that assessment of you. Yeah, for I, sure. I've done some silly things on the field, Dust. Yeah. But you learn from them. <laughs> yeah. You do. You live and you learn. Um, so we've sort of touched on the exhibition games. Yeah. Can you tell me about what it was like? when you were, I guess, drafted mm-hmm. again to Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, well, but this time for AFLW. Because at this point you're 30 and you've had... Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 20, 28. <laughs> sorry, 28. You're 28. You're no. Tw- um, we played an exhibition game here in 2016. You, mm-hmm. played, you played well that day. Mm. Um, and I actually halfway through, I think it was the second quarter, I went to tackle... Tay Harris and my my heel got stuck in the ground and my knee went through as I was tackling her and mm-hmm. I ended up doing my ACL mm-hmm. and at the time I thought I'd just had a bit of a stinger and Loz, I remember Loz Arnell going you okay mate and I was like oh, I think so like I hopped up and like these people that get the green whistle and get stretch it off with an ACL mate they're soft <laughs> get on with it it actually like it doesn't hurt that much I think they're all a bit different, aren't they? No. I say to Nina at the Cats, I'm like, mate, that was a bit much. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I've digressed. But, um, and that day, I recall, we went back upstairs here at, uh, which, which is now Marvel, and Gil, sort of, we had a function, and Gil announced that AFLW would happen in 2017. Mm. And everyone at the AFL was like, oh, he didn't tell us. No. <laughs> um, so they basically had a year to prepare. But in my head, I just... Um, suffered a major injury mm. I knew it was pretty bad and I thought oh like I might not get to play um, mm. what, what does that kind of mean for me um, and yeah so that was really hard to to take like I wouldn't be able to play and like prove myself to clubs that I'd be worth drafting um, anyway the, the draft rolled around and um, you know Falks had won a flag that year as well that was that was really hard to miss and, and not be a part of I think I remember trying to prove to Richo, so the week after that game that I hurt myself. Oh, this is wild. This yeah. is wild. I thought, 
if I go to training, I, I get it taped up. Um, and if I play on you, Darcy, the most agile player the game's ever seen, if I can play on you at training and prove to our coach, Richo, mm. that I can contain you, he'll give me a game. Like, I, I won't have to sit out. Anyway, I did train on you and I think you were pretty kind. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that session. Like you stayed you, still for me. No, your ACL was gone and yeah. you were just getting I was around trying just really trying hard. to prove and I was like, oh, ass like. Yeah, give up, I don't, know this, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is going to no, go No, when it's want. time. Um, well, with age I have learnt when it's time, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, missing that that premiership at the Falks was really hard. I was happy for you guys but, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're not a part of it, you're not playing, it's it's really different. So, mm. um, but I think doing my knee taught me heaps, um, you know, what the game actually means. It's And it's sort of, I said this to the Cats girls the other week, like it basically being at the Falcons and going through that process taught me to just get over myself. The game's not about me. Mm. It's actually, you know, it's about so much more than that. And I always thought that, um, and this, this is going to sound really weird, but, I always thought that people only liked me or my friend because I was good at footy or that I was okay at footy. And then I did my knee and I thought, oh, my gosh. I can't. It's like I lost all my self-worth or mm. my identity almost. Yeah. And um, I thought, where's – like, what's going to happen now? Um, you know, will I ever be any good again? Can I jump? Can I run? All those kinds of doubts go through your mind and – now it's going to be AFLW. It's like on the biggest stage it's ever been. So all those feelings sort of combined were really difficult at the time. My partner, Kate Tindall, who you know well as well, she she was pretty great, but it was hard. Like I wouldn't have been an awesome partner at the time. I probably took a bit of that out on her. Um, but, yeah, so got through the rehab. I, I rehabbed my knee with Tennille Hay, mm-hmm. who's a, another good friend of ours. Um, and if for anyone that's trained with T or knows her, she's tough. Mm. Doesn't let you get away with anything. She's um, really tough. She's, she's tough. really tough. For yeah. some context, um, I remember going to a nationals <laughs> with Tanil Hay heading up the strength and conditioning. And after a warm up, I blacked out. <laughs> Black before a game, I could not. Should have done a preseason, sit, mate. I had to sit down, and I yeah. could not keep up. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, so I was really lucky to do um, my rehab with Tate because it wasn't like there wasn't a formal like I didn't have a like Darabin didn't have physios or mm. you know like people I could go and do my rehab with. We didn't have a gym or anything, mm. um, so I was really lucky to have T in my corner. Um, and yeah, I got I got myself back to playing, mm. um, but I was really nervous for the beginning of AFLW. I I met with a few clubs, um, but I wasn't even sure if I was going to get drafted mm-hmm. um, and I was watching all my friends you know sort of go through the the best time of their lives it looked like um, and yeah that wasn't really I was like is that going to be for me as well I, mm. I wasn't sure mm. yeah but then you did you did get drafted yeah um, to the Bulldogs so a place that you knew well um, and in the 2018 season uh, your team won the flag can you just talk about what that moment meant and yeah, I guess take everyone through it because not many people have done that. Yeah, it was it was a wild time at the Dogs. Uh, first year we, we barely won a game. Um, people said, oh, they've got such a great list, but we were terrible. Uh, we didn't play as a team um, and, you know, we probably were all just a bit happy to be there. Mm. Um, but year two to Grosie, our, our coach, to his credit, he really changed things. 
Um, he came in and set the tone and basically took responsibility um, and and changed the way we were going to play, how we were going to train. There was a huge emphasis on skill acquisition. Um, we had Andrew Shakespeare come in and I think if you go back and watch those games, like our kicking, I think, really separated us from the other seven teams in the comp at the time. Mm. Um, and, you know, it helped that Emma Carney was tearing it up and having a, an amazing season. I had a front row seat to that. She's a pretty good player, mm. um, pretty good on the lip as well. But, yeah, it was um, it was also a, a different comp at the time, no doubt. So, as you know, there was no final series. So it was just top two. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sort of – all of a sudden you're in a grand final. Mm-hmm. And it was against the Lions. So we'd, we'd beaten earlier in the year uh, up in Queensland, which was a game that young Is Huntington did her knee. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that year, like, we had a big go against us as well. Um, Daria Bannister hurt herself as another one of our draft picks. Um, so, you know, uh, Katie Brennan yeah, had the, got rubbed out. Got rubbed out, which, you know, it was just – when you think about it, it's just not right. Mm. Um, and so glad that the rules changed now, but that cost her. Yeah. Um, so – but it was um, – <laughs> the AFL actually moved the grand final to earlier in the day. Mm. Um, and it was raining – at Icon Park, mm-hmm. home of the Mighty Blues. Um, and I remember banging your change rooms. It was a bit mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was a um, tough game, tight, you know. I didn't, I didn't play very well. Um, and, you know, it was a kick in it basically late. Naomi Ferris took a mark that saved us a game and she's a great kid. Ferris, love her. Uh, and then, yeah, everyone was, like, celebrating. El, Ellie Blackburn played a ripping game that day. Mm-hmm. Um and like I've had some good teammates, right? Some of the greats in the AFLW I've been lucky enough to play with. Ellie Blackburn pushed me out of the way that day to get the ball. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she means business. So yeah. I was like, Blackie, I got this, mate. And I was catching up with her the other night. She said, mate, ground balls aren't your go. She's like, she thought she needed to help me. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great day. But the siren went and I don't know, I didn't get that euphoric feeling. Mm. And I thought, oh. Like, what's wrong? Why, don't, why am I not feeling that? Um, but it just wasn't there. Obviously, I was glad we won and mm. it was a great day. And then I walked over um, to where some, some of our friends were sitting and I saw Julia Kiera, who's a, mm. a great friend of ours, a, a Falcon legend. And as soon as I saw JC, it, it like hit me. The emotion mm. sort of came over me. But I think I just needed to see, I don't know, like, someone who had been through all the trials and tribulations of, of women's footy to get it to that point. Mm. And then it hit home that this was a pretty big deal. And um, like I, I'm, I don't give a lot of hugs, but I, I saw JC and we just sort of embraced each other. It was a really special moment, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, yeah, that's, that's really special. I'm yeah. sure, yeah, Julia will listen to that and feel very special. Um, from that moment... So you, you win the premiership with Bulldogs mm-hmm. and then the next year you decide to become a cat. What sort of sparked that? Yeah. I guess that changed that. Um, well, at that point I probably, like, my body wasn't going too well um, and I wondered whether I probably, you know, would still have a role to play at the Dogs. Mm-hmm. They had a great young list. Um, they were going really well and I thought, oh, I might be in and out of the team and I sat down with Grovesy and we had a really honest conversation um, and sometimes you have to ask the question that's uncomfortable. Mm. And um, I'd had an email from the Cats um, and they were coming into the comp and I knew that I wanted to keep playing, mm-hmm. but I thought maybe my role could be like a bit of a hybrid role, like 
play, you know, on field, but also have a bit of exposure and get some experience off field as well with coaching and, and development. Um, and that was part of a big part of my decision. Yeah. To go to the cats. And I went with Grovesy's good grace and I, I spoke to the dogs. girls. like, it wasn't easy, mm. but also I knew that it would be good for my development and, mm. and it was sort of a natural next step. So, yeah. yeah. And I guess it's what the competition requires a lot of the time for girls to move in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to ask because I was like, oh, do I want to be a two-club player? Mm. Do I, would I be comfortable with that? But you're right, like the competition expanded um, and I knew the, the Cats had sort of expressed to me that their draft strategy at the time would be um, to go after a lot of their local talent, which was young players that I'd been working with um, in, the, in the AFL Academy and um, that sort of was a unique experience I couldn't turn down, yeah. Mm. And can we dive into that for a second because mm-hmm. we've sort of we've touched on your playing career but I think a part of your legacy in the game will be all the things you've done off the field and, and the way you've helped shape pathways into women's footy. Can you tell me about, um, I guess, when you started perhaps working at the AFL and mm-hmm. um, building those academies and everything like that? Because I think that's a really important thing you've done for women's footy um, and people yeah. probably don't realise how much of a hand you've played in that. Yeah, oh, that's nice of you to say, but I sort of feel like I picked up the work that Shiloh Curtis, Jan Cooper, Nicole Graves, women... Um, who've sort of gone before me, what, what they had done. Um, and I was just sort of, maybe it's unfair to say right place, right time, but I was working here at the AFL mm. um, and I, um, you know, I had a close relationship with Josh Vandaloo um, and I sort of said to, to Josh, like, you know, what could be next for me and mm. how can I be involved in the sort of beginning of the comp uh, off-field? And it came about that, um, so... Know, with the boys as an under 18 academy um for the sort of best 40 kids in the country and it was only a natural fit that the girls obviously had access to that as well so mm-hmm. um at the time I sort of um, put my hand up to have a go at that role and it was a <laughs> yeah I was into the fire like I didn't really know what I was signing up to mm-hmm. um and I was, I was pretty inexperienced and um but I, I did know that I wanted the players to experience and, and have exposure to um, you know, sort of what it would take to, to get to AFLW level. Um, mm. You know, we, we took um, our first camp. We were in, at the AIS in Canberra and I work with some amazing people um, like Nikki Couston, who's at AFL currently and um, in wellbeing and just what she taught me about players' off-field needs and how mm. to get the most out of them and how mm. to help them be the best, all that kind of thing. So it was a learning curve for me as well. Um, but I look at some of the young players running around now and I think, oh, like I'm so lucky to have got to have seen them, you know, before they got into the comp. Um, Mm. but the best part's probably the relationships with their families as well. Mm -hmm. Um, like over the week, just gone. Um, I've had some really lovely messages, Mm. um, from parents and that sort of thing. And and that's, what's really special. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I feel blessed to have been a part of it, um, yeah, and I think going forward, it, it can only get better and better for the kids. I think their pathway footy now is is um, as equal as it's ever been mm. in terms of boys and girls and access to opportunity, So, which is something I think the AFL are doing really well. Mm. And what's that been like, being able to share the field with the girls that you have, yeah. <laughs> I guess, coached and mentored and 
and taught so much to. Um, yeah. Oh, well, look, yeah, it's been that? fun for me. I don't know if it's always fun for them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, like it's been interesting. Um, mm. It's taught me um, like everyone's different, right? And, and people would always say to me, oh, what's it like? Is it different to coach boys or girls? Like what are the, you know, how do you have to be? Do you have to be different in your approach? And I would always say it's, you're not really coaching a gender, you're coaching a generation, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you see that at Carlton with some of the young players that, that come through, but, you know, they've had different life experiences to the older players and they're at a different point in time. So I feel lucky that I had a bit of an understanding into that um, mm-hmm. with the young list that we, we've had at Geelong. Um, their music choice in the gym had always challenged me. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Millie Brown, looking at you. Um but yeah, it was it was really enjoyable experience. Uh, hopefully, they saw a bit of a different side to me as well. That mm. um, because I think yeah, I might give off this persona that I'm professional and serious, but I'm also like I love a laugh, banter, yeah. um, that kind of thing. So I think that probably was a side they got to see of me, which was yeah, mm. it's helped our relationships for sure. Yeah, and I think even speaking with the girls I play with, like your Mimi Hills. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Wilson, um, you know, they've sort of said, oh, you know, I was really scared of Aster at the at the beginning, yeah. but then they've had a moment where you've chucked a, a gag or like yeah. you, you said funny. something and they've realised that yeah. you're not you're not that hard exterior. No, you, there's a lot of not softness inside. Yeah. So, but, you know, it's funny because I think working with the young players, they've helped bring that out of me as well. Mm. Um, and I said this at uh, last week at Geelong, like those young people really did help me understand my true calling in footy. Um, there's nothing quite like seeing someone, you know, attempt to get better and work hard and you're playing a part supporting them along the way and then and then they get there and they do it. And it's just the best feeling in the world when you get to see that. You, you can see it in them. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So this weekend, um, mm. only how many days ago? Oh, three or four. Three or four feels days. Three or four days. Feels long like a, three a or lifetime four. Yeah. ago. Um, but you played your final game yeah. of AFLW. Um, and, yeah, I feel really privileged to be... Mm. Well, I mean, talk- you're you're getting the exclusive interview, well, mate. Well, I so, am. I yeah. know. I swooped in. Yeah. Um, I've turned down a few offers. So. <laughs> but I, I guess... Like I want to know, it's one of the, it's the only thing that's guaranteed in football is that one day yeah. you'll have to retire. So, what is that? What is that feeling like? Um, oh, it was hard at the start. Mm. I sat down with a club a month ago, um, and th- you know we we had a pretty honest conversation with where my footy was at, um, and my my body is I really battled my body this year. Um, it was good to me last year, but this year I really struggled, um, and. Uh, we sort of sat down and, like I said, the club were honest with me and, and I knew. Um, but even so, like, I left that meeting thinking, oh, y- you could fight it. Like, you could fight harder. You could train different. You could try something. You know, you, you're trying to mm. kind of come up with solutions in your head to, to keep playing because I love footy. Like, I, it's what I've always done. I've, mm. I've always played football on the weekends. Um, and I'm competitive, so how could I let that go? I can't, mm. You can't just quit. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm going through all these different emotions. Um, but over time, I sort of realised that I was, and I rang a few good friends of mine and who were really honest with me as well. Mm. And having those um, close friends and mentors who sort of said, look, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's time. And 
um, yeah, I, I knew that it would be um, the right way to go, especially when the AFL put our last game on the Gold Coast. To be up in Queensland with my family, just, I don't know, you don't get many fairy tales in footy, but that, that felt right for me. So that's where my footy began up, up in Queensland and that's, you know, it was fitting that that's where it finished. Mm. And I guess what, what do you feel acts next for you? Oh, good question. I'm going to have a good rest with, um, with yeah. the body. Um, and, you know, COVID was a tricky year for me um, and that sort of thing. And, and so just personally, so it's going to be nice to kind of take a deep breath. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's next. I know I want to coach uh, in some capacity, um, but I've also had a bit of advice that don't rush into it. Don't sort of you know, um, take your time and, and go through the process. And um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to, to going through, through that process, whatever it might be. But the game will always be in my heart. I know that much. Mm. Um, and I'm just so glad that somehow or another I sort of fell upon Aussie rules footy. Like, I couldn't imagine my life without it. Like, I wouldn't know you. Mm. That would be a tragedy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I feel – I think the overwhelming feeling from last week is I feel really lucky. Uh, I feel like the game's been really good to me. So – and hopefully I've held up my end of the bargain. Yeah, I think you absolutely have. Um, and I know we didn't touch on this, but, you know, you started off as a young girl on the Sunshine Coast mm. causing a muck in the streets. <laughs> um, I've heard that you actually shaved a Nike tick – yeah. Into your own head. Endorsements before they were <laughs> a thing. Yep. Yeah, so yep. you were a visionary Correct. back then. Yeah. Um, you've, yeah, had countless All-Australians, premierships at state, oh, like in your local league as well as AFLW and um, you've created pathways for so many young women to become AFLW players. So I think your, your legacy will live on through those players that you've impacted along the way, including people like me. Like I've had the privilege of playing alongside you and, and learning from you and calling you a friend as well. So thank you for everything you've done for the game, Asta. I know that you will <laughs> enjoy retirement. Um, but, yeah, I, I know lots of people right now would be reflecting on what you've done for them and oh, thanks, feeling Stars. very thankful. That's very sentimental, mate. It's very kind of you. Thanks. No worries. Thank, thank you for joining me today and enjoy your afternoon. Oh, good on your task. Thanks, mate.